back to another episode of Almost Better Than Scariness. Okay, I'm running out of these. How, uh, how's everyone doing? My name's Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Whitney Nelson. This is going to be a different kind of episode. We're going to have uh, another guest appearance later on in the show, but our schedules couldn't align, so we're doing it separately. How are you doing, Whitney? I'm doing good, doing good. How about you? Doing good. It's the spookiest time of year. It's wrapping it's the up. Best I'm time sad. Of year. It's it is the best time of year, and I'm glad we finally have you on the show to express <laughs> uh, how much you enjoy this season. Um, but that's the thing. It's also coming to an end, and I feel like now it's going to be all turkeys and Christmas before we know it. Yep. 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 So that's kind of a bummer, but it's also cool. Um, but. Let's maybe hear from you since we haven't in a little while now. Before we get into the game stuff, is there anything going on uh, life-wise for you? Um, Not too much. Uh, I have actually played since I was on last. I've actually played quite a bit of video games, more than I've played in a long time. So that's fun. Uh, nice. I've been doing, there's a, a 30 movies Halloween, watch 30 horror movies in October uh challenge and i have been watching them with my boyfriend and we've already seen 27 um damn so yeah we are we are almost done with the 30 but it's only october 20th as of right now when we're (laughs) recording this so we're probably gonna watch closer to like 40 by the time all is said and done nice Um, that's a really good pace (laughs) yeah we've been we've been mainlining horror movies Um, (laughs) and it's funny because i haven't is as much as i am obsessed with halloween and fall and scary things and scaring trick-or-treaters which is the whole thing that i'm going to be doing i do every year with my family i'm going to minnesota to do we have like a sound setup and lighting and costumes and fog machines and we like do a whole thing for trick-or-treaters oh my god that's awesome it's so cool it's so much fun uh and we got my little sister who she turned 11 this year um Two years ago, we got her into it. We had kind of taken a break while she was young because we didn't want to scare her. But when she turned nine, we were like, okay, we're getting into this now. And then her first year doing it, she made a grown man, like, scream and jump away from her on the (laughs) pavement. And immediately she got the bug. Oh. Immediately, like, I made an adult scared. I love this. And so now I can't not go for Halloween to Minnesota to do that because she will be devastated if they didn't do it for Halloween now because she's so obsessed with scaring people. But for all that, I haven't seen much in the way of horror movies. So other than the original Halloween and a few others, there's like the most horror thriller movies I have not seen. So we've checked a lot of stuff off the list. Man, you are way more into it than I am. I feel like I just love the atmosphere and like, yeah, carving pumpkins and going on hayrides, which we just did last night. That was all fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as Halloween movies, I didn't even see that many this season. In fact, I was just watching some of uh, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy earlier. I mean, uh, it's not like he movie. directed it's one of my that. Favorite but movies. <laughs> yeah, it is really a, a good one. Uh, corny, but great. Uh, does hold up. Um, I'm trying to think of any other horror movies we really watched. I don't know. Hocus Pocus always comes up every year. That's a oh, good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. You got to watch Hocus Pocus. And, like, I'm actually getting together with some friends to watch Practical Magic because that's always a fall one, too. Um, not specifically Halloween-based, but since they're all witches, it's, it's you know, like a thing that, that fits with the season. But, yeah. No, I'm I'm all in on fall. The best weather, best food, best... I like scaring people, the whole thing. And also, I don't know if you know this, but my birthday is Halloween. 
Oh, for real? Oh, that's yeah. so cool. October 31st is my birthday, so it's also my birthday. I think I would like Halloween just as much, even if it weren't my birthday, because I was going to sister... say, you're super biased. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am biased, but also my sister likes Halloween as much as I do. Like, we've been spooky kids from the very beginning, for as long as I can remember. And, scary um, kids, scary yeah, and kids. She, and she, her birthday's in January, so she has nothing to do with Halloween as far as birthdays go, but... And it Very did take cool. me a, an embarrassingly long amount of time for me to realize that people were not dressing up and trick-or-treating just because it was my birthday. <laughs> for a long wow, time, I thought so all of that happened just for me. That is really funny. Oh, man. Um, now I'm just going to think that every time I see trick-or-treaters, I'm going to be like, oh, they're celebrating Whitney's birthday. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's it, really cool. I was, I was embarrassingly old before I put it together that no one else had trick-or-treating and costumes and strangers celebrating their birthdays like I did. Oh, man. Hilarious. Um, But yeah, and as far as stuff for me before we get into the game talk, uh, not too much. I did want to mention this on a previous episode and didn't. Uh, Speaking of like Halloween stuff, there's like Halloween contests at my work and stuff. So a lot of people are uh, decorating their offices. I'm not going to participate in that this year and I have in previous years. But uh, I do want to mention in a random like coloring contest because it was national school lunch week uh we were like told to color with your opposite hand and i i just was looking at mine being like there's no way this is gonna win the next day comes around they're like oh you won the contest and the prize was two two dollar scratch off lottery tickets so i'm like okay that's cute these probably are nothing it's one's gonna be like a free ticket and one's trash one was trash and then the next one actually won me something i won a hundred dollars off of it and i was not expecting it so this like terrible drawing i drew with a crayon that's drawn with my right hand because i'm a lefty uh was worth a hundred dollars apparently so that was cute (laughs) that's cool yeah that's hanging on my fridge for a week curious of like out of the 27 Halloween movies that I've seen so far, which ones I would recommend. I actually, we've seen very little in the way of bad movies. There's only been a couple that were bad. I definitely, um, the ritual is on Netflix. Um, okay. and that's very much in the, in the vein of like the witch in just atmosphere. It's all shot in like the woods in, in Switzerland or something. And it's beautiful and it's very atmospheric and very spooky. Um, for something not as spooky, the night of the comet was made in the eighties and it's these two sisters. Basically it's like the apocalypse, but a couple people escaped and, um, it's hilarious. And these two girls, their dad was like in the armed forces. And so they know how to shoot guns and they know, and they're not, they don't back down from anybody. And it's just, they're wearing clothes that are so 80s and there's like a mall shopping montage and there's all these classic 80s things, but also they're like fighting soldiers and zombies and, and shooting guns and it's really great. Nice. Also, there's one called One Cut of the Dead from Japan and I can't say anything about it because you have to go in with absolutely no expectations, but I okay. highly recommend every person see it. It's not scary. A lot of Japanese horror movies are so much scarier than American horror movies, this, this in my not, experience. This one's not, like, it's not body horror. It's not, like, any of the, the weird Korean, Japanese sort of stuff. Yes. Um, because some of those I can't watch because it's just too unsettling to see. Right. Some of that weird stuff that they do. It looks great and takes a lot of artistry to do, but just gets to me too much. Um, right. Because it's so unnatural. Graphic. And... Yeah, upsetting. Um, but this one's not scary. It is. It does fit in the theme of, you know, like, monsters and witches and zombies and whatever, but it's not a scary one. 
Um, okay. It's very good, though, and I can't say anything else about it. All right. This movie I want to, like, unrecommend because I feel like last year uh, my wife was recommended it by colleagues. It's a movie called The Boy. Did you ever see this one? Mm-mm. Uh, it's it's from 2016, and I'll read the little synopsis. It's like, a young American named Greta takes a job as a nanny for an eight-year-old boy in a remote English village. To her surprise, Greta learns that the child of her new employers is a life-size doll, and it just gets really bizarre from there. And it's supposed to be scary, but in all reality, I'm like, it's just a doll. And it, it was, to me, I was laughing the whole time, being like, this is not really scary. It's very just laughable. But to some people, like the people that recommended it to my wife, they're like, that movie's terrifying i'm like i suppose (laughs) but um let's move on to the games we've been playing lately i know you mentioned that you actually have been playing a bunch so let's hear from you because i haven't been playing much it's i've been recording the (laughs) podcast way too much lately uh yeah you're definitely recording more than you're playing anything yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) um so i finally finished i talked about starting this like a year ago maybe more after i finished heavy rain i started beyond two souls Uh, and then I didn't play it again for like a year and then I just finished it uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, I just finished Beyond Two Souls. I really liked the ending. I think the ending was one of the best parts of the game. Definitely. Um, Because it was the only time where I really felt like the choice part made a difference. The rest of the, the earlier game, there were definitely choices you could make, and they influenced other stuff, but they didn't have nearly as much of an influence. It was like the Telltale games, where I feel like the decisions you make don't affect the outcome. You still end right. up in the same like place, no matter what choices you've made along the way. And um, I felt like that for most of Beyond Two Souls, but then that very ending part was really, really, I think, emotionally impactful. And the reason why I like story choice games of the, like do you choose to live or die right now is like a uh, it was a pretty cool yeah absolutely i liked that and then i played uh a lot of untitled goose game oh please talk about it (laughs) no one on our show has played it yet i am obsessed with that game it's very short like there's only each little area of the town that you're in is the goose has a set of tasks to complete and you scratch them off the list and you go on to the next one. There's only basically like four little areas to complete tasks in. And the tasks, you know, depending on how focused you are and how, you know, how long you're playing for, it's really only a few hours max to get through the whole game. There is an extra, like once the end credits have rolled, you get like an extra add-on list of stuff that's much harder. And I haven't checked everything off that list yet, but I did like finish the game but it's so fun to just go in it is some of the most satisfying i don't know like the the soundtrack is just like a little piano in the background and it sort of animates the people around you in a charlie brown's teacher kind of way or something like that where it's like but it's the piano (laughs) Uh, and it lets you know when people are getting closer to you or when they see you and they're going to try and chase you out of the pub or whatever. Um, but the little, like, slapping sound effects of his feet and the fact that he's a little bit hard to control in a way that feels very, not like the controls are bad, but it, that it's realistic for trying to get a goose to, like, you know, turn on a, a faucet to water a lawn. That would be hard. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, it feels like dragging the rake and all the noise that it makes 
and the way that it's super awkward for a goose to drag a rake anywhere feels very real to life in a way that's um, very satisfying. And it's very much like Stardew Valley for me in that it's very soothing. The colors yeah. are soothing. The the art style is soothing. The little slapping of the goose feet on the pavement is soothing. It's just very cute. But then also you're trolling people. And so yeah. it gets out that like trolling people urge at the same time that it's very relaxing and peaceful at the same time. So it's it's really kind of a perfect game, in my opinion. Seriously, um, I feel like it's impossible to to play that game without smiling. Yeah. It's just such it's just a game that's meant to be very fun and an escape and yeah, goofy in the perfect way. And and you just like I saw a YouTube video of someone who played it and they were like they didn't want to look at any of the lists. They wanted to try and like troll the game and they didn't they accidentally kept checking off things on the list. He was like, I'm not gonna look at that. I'm just gonna do my own thing and I wanna, you know, troll this farmer and then everything that he was doing to troll the farmer was actually stuff that's on the list to check off and do and he was like oh wait that was actually a thing stealing (laughs) his hat i was supposed to do that right it was funny because he was like i'm gonna go you know be a jerk and instead of being a jerk he was actually just playing the game (laughs) that is ironic and funny yeah very cool. No, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that one. I'm still on the fence of if I want to get this game code vein or not, or if I should just hold off and be like, my birthday's around the corner. That, that should just be one I should ask for as a gift. We'll yeah. see. But um, that sounds like a very entertaining one. It, it's it's great. It's cheap. I mean, it's it's really not a lot of gameplay, but I have logged in since finishing the game just to go in and like you know, troll people and break classes and do whatever. You know, like, there's a little boy who's scared of you, and every time you honk, he, like, runs away from you, and it's fun to just go in for, like, 15 minutes and, like, scare the boy and untie his (laughs) shoelaces and stuff. Yeah, there's definite Uh, replayability there. Exactly. Even if it's not the tasks that they're asking you to do. Yeah. Um, And then I have played a little bit. I talked about it, I think, last time I was on or the time before, but I talked about the Man of Medan, which is from the Until Dawn people. Yeah. Uh I I have played very little of it. Um only the first 20 minutes or so. Uh I really really like the feature of being able to play like couch co-op rather than local co-op stuff. Um you literally it's designed where there's multiple characters and you can assign the characters to you can play them all if you're playing by yourself. You and someone else can split up the six characters like 3 and 3. Um and then you literally they they have a little screen where you pass the controller back and forth. So the decisions that you're making, they basically took that group aspect of how I've always played Until Dawn. I've, I've only once played it by myself. Every other time I've played it with people. So you can yeah. talk about the decisions as you make them. They they built that part of Until Dawn that I love so much into the game itself. So you can just pass the controller around. You could have six people playing and then pass the controller from person to person because it says now you're it's you're up next in this part of the story um nice and they did one thing which i haven't gotten into the super scary stuff yet but they did do one thing where in until dawn you have to keep the controller still and if you move it all you might get caught by a monster or something like that and so it's very nerve-wracking when it's like don't move and there's this noise that's freaking you out. And if you move the controller even a little tiny bit, you might get caught. They did something to mimic that, but change it up in Man of Badan, which is a heartbeat thing. 
and it's like a quick time event where you have to hit the button in time with the heartbeat. But as something is coming closer to you, the heartbeat speeds up. And if you don't hit the button, then you like get caught again. You're hiding and your heartbeat's speeding up. And so you have to slowly increase how fast you're pushing the button with the heart monitor. And it's a good way to do the same thing of getting you in the mindset of being in the game and something's trying to get you and you can't move kind of a thing. It's fun, but I haven't gotten too much into it to know how the game really plays or anything like that. I'm only, you know, still in the intro part. Very cool. No, that sounds like a wild game and a really neat game mechanic, but also might be frustrating for someone like me because I probably would suck at it. (laughs) I mean, that's my thing is quick time events are literally the thing that I'm worst at. So until dawn being all quick time events that literally can mean if a character lives or dies, it's hard for me to be, you know, running and and then trip over a log because I didn't hit X fast enough. And it's like, oh, it's the most frustrating part. But also I feel like it adds to the it builds tension, so it, it's effective as a mechanic, but I hate it. Fair enough. Um, is that a, it as far as the games you've been playing, though? Yeah, um, I did stop playing Hearthstone with all of the Blizzard, um, Hong Kong. Okay, that's actually might stuff. be a good segue into like show topics and stuff because maybe you can educate me on that. I am so ignorant and just like an idiot. I I'm just also focused on a lot of other things. So I haven't really been keeping up with what's going on there, but I do see a lot of drama. People are trying to uh uninstall stuff and uh remove their accounts and I even saw an article where Blizzard was trying to have some kind of attempt to prevent from people from deleting their accounts, which I'm not sure if that was a confirmed source or not, but even still, if that was true, that's kind of ridiculous that it's like, no, don't leave us. Uh, But yeah, what's your insight on this whole scenario? So, I mean, it's just, they're just like every other major corporation that has China's forced everybody to take sides and when you are a movie studio or a video game studio and china is one of your biggest markets you kind of can't say no when they're like we will make blizzard unplayable in all of china if you don't follow these rules in regards to the protests like i don't blame blizzard for it but they've done it literally in the worst way possible so the first thing they did is is the the pro player protested on his live stream and he was banned no he was suspended for a year he retroactively like he had won a prize and they took that prize money away jeez like, you're not getting this prize money that you won and then there was something else that they did and after like everyone at blizzard there were protests in the building from employees people went and there's like um here's what our company ethics are sort of statue out front yeah and they there were parts about like a global community and stuff like that and people taped over them to say that's not happening right now blizzard is silencing people Um, and that was blizzard employees that was on the blizzard campus that people were doing that so a lot of people were very upset And then, like, two weeks later, it took them forever to release a statement about it. And what they did is they said, we're not going to take the prize money. And this person is only suspended for six months. That's right. I do recall hearing about that. So they, like, lessened the punishment. Yep. But then, you know, and they talked about wanting to be a global community and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, yeah, that's not really what you're showing. 
But then other people, <laughs> lesser players, have been protesting on their live streams, and they've all been banned too. So they're yeah, still on the doing wrist, it actively right? to this day. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, and it's just one. like, like prevent them from competing in future pro events. That's fine because, you know, they're not holding up your codes of conduct or whatever. But yeah, there's, there, you're allowed to have rules. And if people they're not following can go on, on Twitch and live stream and say what they want. And Blizzard is like, no, you cannot. Yeah, that's um, ridiculous. And so I, I just, I understand the pressure that Blizzard is under to, you know, not be banned in China because that's like half the company going away. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a huge market. And so, you know, if they say you have to take a stand against people who are protesting Hong Kong, that's I get them saying okay to that, but they have done it literally every way that's wrong, and I don't think that they should be so- let people say whatever they want on their Twitch streams. It has yeah. nothing to do with Blizzard. Uh, I agree. But so yeah, that's a a messy one going yeah, on so right I'm, now. I'm not I'm not playing Hearthstone anymore, and I'm really bummed about that because I like that game a lot. But is there any s- form of alternative that you're looking for, or are you just playing other games in the meantime? I'm just playing other games in the meantime. I am looking for something that sort of fills that that gap. Ideally, yeah. though, the thing is things that fit the mechanics well are more um, online. They're not necessarily... Because I, I would play with my boyfriend, like at the end of the night, we would get in bed and play a couple games of Hearthstone, either with each other or just next to one another, but we would like challenge each other sometimes and stuff like that. There's not a lot of games out there that are easy to do that with friends. There's a lot of games out there that are, you know, that sort of Magic the Gathering type game in different permutations. and But the ones where the mechanics work well... It's very uh, hard to play with friends. Um, For sure. Like, you can play online with other people, but to play with friends is hard. And then the ones that you can play with friends aren't as fun as Hearthstone is. Like, there's a very there's a very narrow curve to learning how to play the game with Hearthstone. They did a good job of ramping you up into the meta and the whatever. And everything else is, like, super dense to get into or too easy and it's not actually, doesn't feel challenging in any way. So I'm having a hard time finding a good replacement for Hearthstone, but I I am looking for one. Fair enough. Um, As for a news topic I wanted to mention, it's a real brief one, and I don't think we mentioned this month, and we're at the very end of it. So, listener, you have a last couple of days to do this. Uh, But the free games for PSN members during... uh, the month of October are The Last of Us Remastered and MLB The Show 19. So that's a pretty heavy, heavy hitting cast of games for free games for PlayStation users. Yeah. You have PlayStation 4, right? I do. I do. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Are you planning on downloading these for free? Um, Definitely The the Last of Us Remastered. Yeah, that's for true. Sure. I probably will pick up the baseball one. I'm not even a baseball fan, but maybe I'll just try it out just to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's a big game, but I'm just, sports games bore me. I, I can't even get through <laughs> character enough. creation before I'm like, I could be doing something else with my time. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, but that'll probably do it for our game discussion and news topics. Let's move on to a quick game of 10 questions.
so this 10 questions is going to be a spooky edition, and because it's our last uh, episode of October, uh, and Halloween's right around the corner, and your birthday's right around the co- yeah. corner. Happy birthday, Whitney. Yeah, happy um, birthday, me. All right, so I'm thinking of a traditional, like, Halloween, I want to say, like, not villain, but, like, mascot, like, they're in movies and stuff like that, so... Hopefully, you can ask me 10 questions to help figure out who I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is it an animal? No. All right. That's a good question. Is, uh, uh, is it a vampire? No. Okay. Also a good question. Um, Think, and I, I it, will definitely Are they give part you of like a horror franchise? I believe so, and let me just triple check that because I I know there's at least one movie. Uh, yeah, there's there's multiple movies, so I'm gonna say that is a franchise. Okay. Um, are they dead? Yeah, I think so. Hold on, let me double check because <laughs> it's like it sure as fuck seems that way. Is it the Crypt Keeper? No, but that's a gr- a great guess. Okay. Elvira? No. Also another good guess. This, uh, I'm trying to think of a good hint to give you as well. Without, many, like, I don't even know how many away. questions I've asked. You've asked I think I'm six. close. Yeah. I think, yeah. So you have four more. Hmm. Are they male? Yes. I'm not even familiar with these movies really that well. I'm I'm wondering if you will be either, but this is a very somewhat iconic during Halloween. I, this might have been one of the movies you watched, who knows. Uh and I will give you the original came out in 1987. So I just to kind of give you ideas of when this was circulating. Uh the second one Freddy Krueger? No, okay, good guess. All right, you got three more. The sec- there was a second movie the next year, and then a third movie like three years later. So yeah, th- there's definitely a god. Then another movie. So yeah, no full franchise. I didn't realize this. Uh, Fuck. There's like six more movies after that. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> um. Yikes. It's a, It's not your typical one. I'm wondering if our listeners are gonna be like, Jesus, Doug, what a deep <laughs> cut. Um. Oh, and this is my big hint, because you only have three more guesses, and I don't Mm -hmm. even know if this is a good hint or not. But it seems like this character is had some kind of acupuncture go wrong situation. Oh, 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 what is his name? (laughs) And no, it's not anyone from Slipknot. I can picture him! Yep, yep, yep. God. It's funny because his name is basically what he is, and it's, it's, I can tell you if you can't come up with it, it's fine. Oh, but that's gonna bother me because I know who it is. Do you know the movies he's from? That will help you. <gasps> no. I, I know, right? That's where I kind of was when I was like, this is the one I'm thinking of. Oh my god, that's so frustrating. <laughs> I'm sorry, Whitney, I didn't mean to do this. No, that's okay, that's okay, because I, I know... Who it is, but I can't. Hellraiser? 
Yes, that that is the franchise. Okay, so I feel like you basically win, but the the main character can if you can come up with like his name, I think isn't you it Pinhead? Super win. Yes, yeah. it's Pinhead. All right, yeah. you did it. Congrats. That's Oof. ten questions. Wow, Oof. with three three of them left. If you could see me right now, there's literally smoke pouring out of my ears. My brain was working so hard to come up with Hellraiser. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm glad you could. That was a really good game. (laughs) But like I said, listener, this is not a typical episode, so I'm going to do half of the plugs with Whitney right now. In fact, let's just hear from where our listeners can find you and your other podcasts on the internet. Yeah, um, I have historical hotties, and we are also doing um, spooky episodes in October, so they're all themed. We just did um, people who have allegedly sold their souls to the devil um, in history. Yeah, like real people who've done that. We just did morticians as well. We're doing uh, people who were uh, accused of being witches, and we're also doing alchemists, I believe. So, damn, that's a spooky cast of episodes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's historical hotties. Um, we are at historically hot everywhere on social media, and then almost better than silence is my Keanu Reeves podcast. Nope, Wait. that's my video game podcast. <laughs> that's the third time that I've done that. I do it on um, Cool Breeze, and I do it here. Cool Breeze Over the Mountains is my Keanu Reeves podcast. There it is. Almost Better Than Silence is what you're listening to right now. Um, but we watch Keanu Reeves movies. Um, we've got some interesting ones coming up. The Replacements is the next one. But um, Oh, we, I can't wait. That's such a fun one. I've never I seen it. And it's my it episode to like take people through the movie. So, Oh, it, yes. Okay. I'm really interested in your feedback. <laughs> I'm not sure if it holds up at all. But it was at, at a young age. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. And if you're looking for sort of thematic things for for the last few days of October, we did not that long ago The Devil's Advocate, and that was very interesting uh, to rewatch that because I haven't rewatched it since it basically came out on video. Um, so that was weird, uh, and there's <laughs> a lot of thoughts and feelings about that one. Um, yeah, and then I'm also on a real play podcast called Myth Takes. Um, that's yeah, that's all of it. Very cool. Well, then, thank you for joining us on this Halloween-oriented episode. Uh, We will be back uh, with another half of an episode with Matt Owen. See you guys soon. Boo! No, I'm just kidding. I'm back here with uh, Matt Owen from the Super Gamecast 64 podcast. How are you doing, Matt? Dude, I am so good. The fall, the the festival season, it's 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 all around me. So I'm like at my prime right now, dude. I know. I was saying to Whitney that it's coming to a close, though. I'm not the full fall season, just Halloween specifically, and that's a little depressing. But uh, fall, we still got a solid month of that left. It's 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 the spooky season. I like just literally Halloween is just October first to October thirty first. So I'm coming at you right now with this guest spot. With, like, the spookiest stuff. I'm trying to amp up the scariness. V- listeners at home, don't worry. It's not going to be too scary. We're, st- <laughs> we're still a PG-13 show, right? Right, Doug? Are we yeah, right? We don't want okay. anyone shitting their pants. Yeah. Well, you might, but <laughs> not what I say. It's not It's not from what I say. <laughs> it's from what you just you just shit your pants on purpose, I guess. Uh, yeah, for fun. Yeah. <laughs> for fun, Doug says. <laughs> But no, it, this is Halloween month. It's the last episode of Halloween month. Uh, we had some cool theme music. Uh, 
Wanted to shout out the guy who did our theme music, and fuck, I forget his name already, but it's okay. No one listens. How are you? I could, <laughs> I could go real quick, and I could find it, but that's going to be a lot of tappy sounds that people don't want to hear. It's cool. <laughs> I'll probably, I'll, I'm going to try to do that before the end of the show. Good. Shouts out to that guy, though. It's, I've heard uh, quite a bit of his work on other shows as well, and it's yeah, been fantastic. Great. He's an incredible guy. We are going to get him by the end of the plugs, I promise. Um, but anyway, how have you been? We haven't heard from you since last Halloween. No, I'm kidding. We had you no, on, it's, not that well, long yeah. ago. I was on a few months ago. I mean, yeah. I've been good, man. Like I said, I, I I like to keep it. I like to keep it creepy. Keep it spooky. Once we get into October, it's just nothing but horror stuff. I mean, that's a lie. I still watch like other shows and play other games as as my job requires. But I like to keep almost everything I do in my spare time, in my free time, some sort of Halloween or spooky basis. So like every game I've been playing has been horror based. I was trying to watch a few uh, horror movies, but I didn't get. I think it's much done so far as I want. At the time of recording, we're like halfway through the month, and uh, it's going to be great to see if I can pack, ooh, I don't know, like 40 scary movies in, in the next few weeks here. Whitney but is doing the same thing. She's basically ah, nice. just about to hit 40 with her and her significant other. So, yeah, she's on a roll. Whitney Whitney runs a uh, Keanu Reeves-centric podcast, yes, right? She, is there any scary, besides Constantine, was there anything that she could think of? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to ask her that one off air and see if we can get that information. Because I feel like I feel like those are two, like not saying Keanu Reeves is scary. That guy is not very scary. But I feel like he would be good. Ooh, Knock Knock. That was a, that was like a horror movie, I think, that had Keanu Reeves in it. I wonder, I don't think they've covered that just yet. So but I'm yeah. literally just stealing her show right now. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. You know, listen to that. I forget what it's called because I suck. But Whitney's show about Keanu Reeves is fantastic. Oh, cool Breeze Over the Mountains. Ooh, Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. Fantastic. Doug, I've been playing so many scary games. Speaking of scary movies and also scary games, did you recall at E3 when they said, we're going to release a Blair Witch game on Xbox? Yes. Remember that? In fact... And- a week or two ago, I think I used a sound clip from it for like our What's That Sound game because Ooh. I was thinking I was running out of scary games and I'm like, oh, no. let's go Blair Witch. It's it's okay. I've played approximately three, three, four chapters. That doesn't really relate. People that listening don't know what that means. I mean, like maybe an hour of the game so far. From what I understand, it's not a super long game. But uh, did you see the original Blair Witch movie? Yes, of course. So this one takes place like uh, I think a year after it. Um, it, it's, it ignores the second movie, but you play as this guy named Alice, I think, yeah. uh, and you, you go out into the woods searching for this lost boy and it's, it's made by Bloober team. They also did layers of fear, layers of fear two. Uh, oh, what's that stupid observer? It's not a stupid game. I just can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's like underscore, underscore, underscore observer. That's the name of it. Um, hmm. But they're all like really creepy, weird psychological horror games. So when I found out that they were doing the Blair Witch game. And found out that it's on Xbox Game Pass, which I am a, I'm a subscriber of. I got super excited. Unfortunately, I was not able to play it. It came out in like August, which was not the right time. I feel like they should have released it in, you know, October. But I played a little bit of it. And Doug, I have to say, while not the scariest game I've played, it is probably one of the best dog slash human friendship games. I've not seen this level of friendship between a human and a dog since fucking Animal Crossing on GameCube, Doug. Do you understand me? Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear, and it makes me really interested in checking this out. And I'm also wondering what kind of human-dog inter- interactions I've had on, in games that have really been impactful to me. 
if you think about it, you can think of many games that have dog companions. Some games are spooky that have dog companions, like Fallout. You could say maybe Fallout's scary. Uh, Dead to Rights on Xbox 360, while not a scary game, it was a crime thriller that had a dog companion. I think historically, just like dog has been man's best friend in life, dog has been man's best friend in, in virtual life. In, yeah. in the V world. But I've never seen a game that really uses the, the dog uh, or really like a companion character to this degree of... Come, I'm looking for the words. Do you play Bioshock Infinite? Yay or nay? Uh, nay, but I own it. Fuck, I gotta oh. get around to it. Oh my god, Doug, you do. You just, <laughs> just, that's one of those games, you know, when people are like, oh, if you could forget everything from one movie or, or book or game and, and relive it, what would you? Like, Bioshock Infinite is on my top three list there. Yeah, I remember you, when that first came out, everyone was sh- losing their shit, and I somehow miraculously avoided spoilers. <laughs> do, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if you have not gotten it spoiled at this point, it's also a hard game to spoil. It's not like you can't just say one sentence and then spoil the whole game, which is right. why I love it. It's very complex. But anyways, that game, Bioshock Infinite, it, a lot of people said, oh, you have to guide to this girl, Elizabeth, through the whole entire game. But you never felt like that because she was always helping in some sort of way, similarly to Blair Witch. So in Blair Witch, it's just you in the fucking woods. It's, oh boy, is it, it the woods are scary, Doug. Yeah. Let me tell you about the woods. Uh, Bren was saying it's kind of shot in an area, the original film, in like our local Pennsylvania like nice. setting so it's you should, like we're very you should go there how terrifying it is oh no i've yeah. i know what the woods are like they are fucking terrifying tonight you should just you just go into the woods alone tonight at like on three acid. in the morning <laughs> wait hold on doug let me finish on acid <laughs> yes and then become one with nature be naked i want to see you be like you see the, the the bear man that movie about the guy who like lived with the bears and i think he died ripped to the bear man yeah but, like i want to see you that level of nature in these PA woods, bro, because then maybe you could understand where I felt standing in the virtual Blair Witch Woods. And that's why the dog is so good, because the dog, whenever the dog is near you, you're calm, bro. You're good. But if the dog goes away and you lose your pupper, which I, what's his name? Damn, I can't remember the dog's name. But if you lose your pupper, sure, Fido. If Fido goes running out into the woods and gets attacked by some like, I don't know, witch or something, you start to like have a increased heart rate and you're like, oh no, where am my doggy at? So you are, you are encouraged as a player to not run through the game, but to take your time and like, you know, let the dog stay near you. You can like pet him many times. I might've spent like 15 minutes checking out all the different petting animations because it's fantastic. Oh my gosh, this reminds me of the Twitter account, can you pet the dog or whatever? And it's like takes track of all the different games that dogs appear in and it just literally tweets yes or no you can or can't pet this dog and you can pet this dog yeah many that's times great in many ways and in fact the dog while he doesn't pet you he does pet and soothe your uh your the intensity of the experience so i was really really happy with that the thing once again though and now we're going to get into the, the scarier part aka the negative parts of the game is like you know what's scary bad frame rate that scares me Ooh, yeah and you know what else is scary? Like when the, the, the textures are kind of murky and like, ooh, that's, that creeps me out. So like <laughs> they've done a very good job of creeping me out <laughs> at this game. But I, it, it's not as bad as other uh, games that are made by the developer who I can't even think of their name right now, even though I just said it like two minutes ago. Uh, because a lot of the game, it's, it's very dark and you just have a flashlight and you're, you're you don't have to have a lot of have on that. There's not a lot of stuff on screen that will stop the frame rate so for the most part it's like okay but in the beginning there when it's like you know the the sun is up and you can see the trees as far as the eye can go and all the particle effects uh it's less scary and more like oh is my xbox breaking (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe not that bad oh well i got an irl tip for people that find themselves terrified in the middle of a pennsylvania woodland uh 
Does this come from your acid experience? No, no, this comes from just general experience. I when I was okay. much younger, I would during like Halloween seasons go like to abandoned houses and we would just like break in and shit. Like I don't know. That's illegal. Yeah, I know. I, Doug, I shouldn't have admitted that. Self incrimination. But it was very fun. And I remember one time we were in the middle of like a cornfield, just like there was like some kind of rumor that there was like a like a ghost in this like certain area of this woods so we're like hanging out there and we're just like checking shit out super late like it was probably like almost midnight on halloween and i remember my one buddy like told me because he's been doing this for years uh there I've been so ghost many- hunting for years, Douglas. <laughs> well, there was uh, so many crickets making so much noise, and he was just like, oh, as long as you hear the crickets, everything's fine, but as soon as they stop, you know something's up. And then, like, that- literally, with by, like, the second him- of him stop- stopping se- that sentence, all the crickets went silent, and we all, like, started looking at each other like, what the fuck? And then we that's- were, like, freaked out and, like, ran that's- away. Intense. So what you're saying is that as long as the crickets are quiet, then you're alive. As long as the crickets are making noise, actually, it makes you feel like they're not in any kind of sense of danger. So once they get quiet, it's like, oh, fuck, there's some kind of presence here. So life hack, you get like a a baseball cap and then with duct tape, you attach two of those little, uh, like kind of the see-through, you keep like a little lizard in there or something. Then just fill that shit with crickets and wear it on your head. So then you always know whether or not the crickets are chirping because they're always right next you can't hear anything because the crickets are so loud yeah um and also very violent you're shaking your head a lot but i think if you follow these useful tips listener you will survive a night in the pennsylvania woods pretty much doug naked want to patent this and call it cricket radar cricket radar you know what i feel like we could we could do better but we don't have (laughs) we don't have to we don't have to, Doug. We don't have to do better because we can just strap strap people's faces with crickets and ghost hunting. I don't fucking know. Give us um, your money. The give us your money. What, what's interesting is that you say you went out into the woods with just like what you're you're in high school and it was just like a local legend and but there was things that lived in the woods. Yes, there's a I, couple. There's this one house we specifically broke into that used to belong to this doctor that apparently like. Killed people in his basement. And I don't filled know. their heads with water? I don't know about that, but possibly. Oh, my God. What we're seeing here, people, live, live when you're listening to this, is is how urban legends from one state slowly move to another state. But it's, it's like the telephone game. So when I was a kid, I was like sixth, seventh grade. There is a thing out near me and near Cleveland called the Melonheads. And the Melonheads, this is an urban legend. You can look it up. Like, just Google the shit. It's on the internet. Uh, it, it's an urban legend that somewhere out in Kirtland, Ohio, which is kind of like this countryside, uh, lots of farmland, but it's still close enough to, like, cities and towns, um, that on one house that's, like, down a road that's by a crybaby bridge or whatever, there was a doctor named, like, Dr. Crane. Is that ringing a bell to you, Doug? Uh, no, but is that uh, from Fraser? <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, Doug. Maybe that's where we all got this as as kids. But it was always passed down. This is something that's been, like, for decades and decades. You hear about upperclassmen uh, going melon head hunting because the, the, the idea was that this doctor was doing crazy experiments on people in his basement. And he was taking these uh, children, these disabled children, and trying to cure their brains by like filling it with liquids and, and water and it would elongate the skulls is this scaring you listener at home i hope it is um, oh yeah and the the no this is like th- this is the urban legend obviously this shit isn't fucking true but this is as a like 10 13 year old this is what you're you're, you're, yeah, you're hearing about it's totally true and the idea it is true i, I went there <laughs> um it, it <laughs> the idea is that uh the the doctor 
um, in his madness, forgot to leave the cages of the children uh, locked one night. And they, you know, of course, escaped and and killed him in the process and escaped into the uh, woods of Kirtland. Uh, this story only got more kind of ingrained into Ohio urban legend culture after there was the real life murders, I think, of three people at a barn in Kirtland. Now, I can't say for sure if that's a real thing that happened or just another added piece of urban legend, because I heard about this in my teens when you're, you know, gullible. But I do believe that there was a handful of actual murders at a barn near kind of the place they say this doctor lived. But tying this whole thing back to your story is that this was always an excuse for kids, usually young boys, to get in a car and drive out to the middle of some field in Kirtland, some abandoned house in Kirtland, and just generally do like a lot of, not illegal shit, but you shouldn't be wandering around fields at 11 o'clock at night. No. You know, on a Friday night when you're 10 years old and all you have is a flashlight and you don't know where the hell you're at. But yeah. I feel, I wonder, listeners, please comment and, uh, and, and find us on the Almost Better Than Silence uh, social medias and let us know if you have a similar urban legend in your state where it was either you know like a uh handicapped and deformed kids in in the woods or a, an evil doctor who's doing experiments or a haunted house because when you started saying that i was just like that that is eerily similar eerily yeah. similar to the shit i heard growing up and this was all pre-internet there was no internet when we heard this stuff so and hashtag your post crazy fuck if you went as far as the break into the abandoned house. <laughs> yeah, no, I never broke into abandoned houses because I just didn't. I, I have friends who would do that shit, but I was too. I was too afraid. I think you were more more um, adventurous than me at a young yeah, age. There, well, Doug. we would like get all amped up for it too. By like that was around the time the movie The Ring came out, so we were yeah, watching that right beforehand, and it was like, oh man, let's go. And there was a well at the one house we found. There like, you go. We, we do not want to open this shit. And as kids, you're just looking for something to be afraid of. I'm Exactly. We, we just went into this field and, you know, you're walking around and then one kid steps on a stick or another kid like makes a whisper and you're like, oh, did you hear that? And then I think we got to a a big like oak tree or something and maybe there was like some beer cans or something that was left by some some older teens who had been partying there in a clearing and yep. we we're like, oh man, that means the melon heads were drinking beers and we got to like, <laughs> so you're just looking for a reason to get scared that doesn't involve going to a haunted house. But. Of course, even as we were driving down the one uh, driveway to the abandoned house, like a tree branch fell off a tree and Jesus. landed on our car and we were all just sort of spooked by that and we were like, what was that? And it was, oh, it's a branch. <laughs> it's, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. You're just kidding. We literally got like driven by one of my buddies older brothers and he just dropped like these four kids off at the side of the road man the 90s were wild yeah i was gonna um, say we grew up in an odd time it was great though i had a fun time yeah me too uh, i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> I, I also played another game that was based on a movie but not an old movie a new movie oh you, what's you, this oh oh what's this doug says D doug do you know jesse eisenberg i don't what? You've never seen The Social Network? Have you ever seen uh, Batman oh, vs. Okay, Superman? He okay, plays Lex Luthor? Now Luger? I know who he is. My bad. I do. Or, do you know Emma Stone? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she's in La La Land with Ryan Gosling, for those who don't know. Have you heard of Zombieland? Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a video I was just game? trying... Yeah, that was the reaction I was looking for, Doug. Because, yes, Zombieland 2, the sequel to Zombieland 1 that was released, like, what, 10, 10 years ago? 8 years? 7 years? About, yeah. It's from the 009s, not like the 10s forward. Anyways, they're making a sequel to this cult classic zombie funny movie. And of course, of course, Doug, that means there has to be a twin stick shooter that's a video game tie-in. 
it's like a blast from from the the early 2000s like when every game on playstation 2 was a movie tie-in remember that yeah so zombie so zombie land double tap road trip which is the name of the game zombie land double tap road trip trip. interesting and yeah the artwork and everything okay you find it i'm with it Get some, get some of the, I want you to find, maybe if you see like a screen or two of the, uh, of the actual gameplay. Okay. Um, okay. It's top yeah, down. Yeah. Hmm. It looks great. For those who are, uh, this is obviously an audio medium. So you listening at home are like, what, what are they looking at? Just imagine a PlayStation 2 game and then imagine the <laughs> graphics of the PlayStation 2 game. And then like, there's maybe five or six zombies on screen and it, that's it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like between 2 and PlayStation 3. So it's like a PlayStation 2.5 game. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I beat it, Doug. Oh, I, congrats. I, I, honestly, congrats, I know says. we're talking shit on it, but it kind of does look fun. I do like the twin stick genre to a degree. It would be a fun little playthrough, but you're the one who actually played it. How was it? It's bad. Okay, damn it. It's real bad. Yeah. Um, Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip on the Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Nintendo Switch, if they, if they were assholes enough. To put it on Nintendo Switch, it's like a forty dollars game, and you know what? Like the mid tier that 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 Oof. exists, yeah, the mid tier exists. That's not what I expected. Okay, but this continue. game looks like a mobile game, and it plays like a mobile game. And the whole idea is that um, this is in a zombie apocalypse, as you know. That's well, if you don't know, Zombie Land is a movie that takes place during the zombie apocalypse, and this is ten years after the zombies have taken over the world. And um, none of this is told to you in the game, by the way. This is just me actually giving you more story than the game does. Uh, one of the characters, played by Woody Harrelson, his name is Tallahassee, wants to become the president of the United States. And so they have to go from California on a double-tap road trip all the way to Washington, D.C. Um, on this quote-unquote campaign trail. That's the whole story. And it's it's just small enough of motivation for you to go to these 10 different levels they're spread across states uh that all they all look the same even though they take place in different environments like one's a carnival you know there's a warehouse or a grocery store it all looks almost exactly the same and then you shoot zombies uh with guns that all feel exactly the same even though a shotgun should shoot in a spread and you think like a sniper should have like a bigger bullet range like no they all look and sound the same there's literally no music except for well, if you consider the groans of zombies music, um, I don't. Yeah, oh my there, god. There is like a metal. There's like a a, an, a main menu theme that sounds like someone plugged like a a guitar into Fruity Loops, like a cracked version of it, and just like went on a sick riff. And like, yeah, let's throw that in there. And the reason I'm bashing on this game so hard is is not because not because it is like the worst thing you've ever played. Like I said, I beat it. There's ten levels plus like five additional bonus levels I did. Um, but I beat it. So it's not like terrible. What's terrible is that it's a three hour game. It's $40. Uh, they, it's there. The concept is so cool. A road trip through across the U S during a zombie apocalypse, but the designers didn't have enough foresight to include a story. I don't know if it's tied to the movie. I haven't seen the sequel movie yet. I don't believe that's the main plot of the movie. Yeah. They didn't try at all to make any sort of, any sort of, I don't, there's no, it's lifeless. No. It's so dull to play, and it reminds me of those cash grab games that would come out and back in 10, 15 years ago, where if a game was tied to a movie, you wouldn't buy it because it was trash. Yeah, you know? oh, dude, this is blowing my mind. The presentation of this is horrendous. First and foremost, the title sucks. I don't like it or get it. 
Uh, well, does Zombieland look- Double Tap is the name of the actual movie. So Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip. Yeah. Is, it's hyphen road because they're on a road trip. I wow. Still, it just looks like garbage. Everything you said about it, it makes me upset. I can't believe that. I, w- I would never have believed you that this is a game that came out this month of this year because. And it costs $40. And it costs $40. And in fact, there's only two reviews on Steam so far because not many people are falling for the trap. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of them are saying, yeah, cash grab game. Uh, the price tag doesn't reflect what the game offers. And then this yep. other guy says, the game feels overpriced and likely due to the movie license. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. Yeah, and zombie apocalypse shit. Like I thought we were beyond that, and they're still trying to keep the zombie land alive. This I don't know. I, the thing definitely I was, not buying this one or falling for their trap. I'm sorry that you did. Well, it, it didn't no, get no, to play I just I, I, no, yeah, I, I, I uh, copy. Yeah, I'm a game reviewer, so I'm always looking for the cheapest way to acquire. Luckily, I didn't acquire my copy of the game from any uh, PR department or uh, the developers themselves. Otherwise, I would feel like maybe a little bit bad of bashing it in so many places that oh, I sure. did because I've. Let me do a little quick plug here. You can go to supergamesite64.com. That's my website and read. Oh, no, wait. That's not on my website. You can go to a 90skid.com and read my <laughs> review. Sorry, I actually did it for a client. I'm a freelance game reviewer. Uh, and you can read my review of Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip there. But I, I've I've just tried to spread the word to not get caught up in, in the trap, so to speak, because at $40, you would think maybe there's content, but like there's a horde mode that literally is just one of the levels reused and then they throw endless zombies at you. And it's, there's a little bit of RPG, like, oh, you can upgrade your character, but it, it there's, I don't even know if they changed the modifiers. It's just so cash grabby. I spent $3 on it at Redbox and I, I feel, I feel jilted. Yeah, no, I don't recommend this one to anybody. Uh, we are struggling to come up with modern, uh, horror games that are coming out like this year that are any good. And this is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I like horror games. I like the horror genre. So I don't like when, when people really, it's, man, it's a zombie apocalypse road trip across the United States. You don't even have to make your own characters, just an original story. And it's like, they don't even try. I'm just, I'm sorry for beating this dead horse, but please don't even play it. You nope. might think, oh, oh, it has four-player local co-op, so me and three of my friends can split screen or split screen twin sh- twin stick shooter action together. No, you can't. <laughs> well, you can, but it's it's just not fun at all. Um, yeah, even if it was on Super Sale, don't give them your money because we don't no. want them to give them the wrong message. This would maybe be passable if it was a free-to-play mobile game. Honestly, like that's the kind of. I mean, maybe that's just talking a bunch of shit but that's kind of where i would be okay with it yeah. or like a ten dollar steam game there's indie games that surpass this i'm not saying that indie games are bad but like for a, a deal you don't have to spend forty dollars on a game like this you oh shouldn't. no go play it came from space and ate our brains that's a much better twin stick shooter game or, or play creature in the well which is another Ooh. indie game that i've been playing is that it's, the it's, girl from the ring no no, no but it is similarly uh, tied to a well uh, it's, it's, you play as this robot and you come into the city of Mirage, which has been overtaken by a sandstorm filled with, uh, sand. And there is this giant, uh, it's, it's a machine, but it, you can go into it. And apparently the machine was supposed to, uh, clear up the weather, you know, release the sandstorm. And there's this giant creature though, 
underneath the city that has been dismantling the machine. So you, as this robot, have to go in and fix the machine. It sounds way more complex than it is, because what you do is you have a X or, I mean, whatever your attack button is, you know, uh, that swings your little sword or whatever. And then Y, or whatever your your heavy attack button is, uh, smacks real hard. And there's little floating energy orbs, and you uh, swipe at them to charge them up, and then you hit them. And each room is full of, like, pinball bumpers. You know what I mean? Like, oh, or, okay. like, yeah. Peg- Peggle-esque orbs. Hell yeah. And once you clear all that, you get a bunch of energy, and then use energy to unlock the next door. And each floor of the machine plays like a, it's kind of laid out, not like a Zelda thing, but that's the, the complexity of the dungeons. It's just, oh, go through this door to go up, go through this door to go left, and at the end of each floor or dungeon, you, you do a little boss fight, and then you can level up your guy and get more energy. But it's super simple, and it's satisfying for both people who like hack and slash and kind of like hyper light drifter dodging stuff, and people who like pinball games or peggle stuff, like me. It's yeah. a fantastic game. And it's super like- super cool. 10, 15 bucks. The art style is phenomenal. It's very, very like it uses um, each floor uses specific colors. And it's just it's it's not cell shaded, but it, it looks really good. And that's a game that's 10 or 15 bucks and or included on Xbox Game Pass if you have an Xbox one. And I had far, far more uh, of an enjoyable time playing that than I did <laughs> Zombieland, which yeah. is like three times as much. So go play that instead. Yikes. Yeah, that's when you first brought up Zombieland. I wasn't expecting it to be such a flop, but it really is. So, I, And I, I like Zombieland, the original movie, a lot, too. Oh, it was sure. very funny. If you've never seen Zombieland, uh, it's it's a, a mixture of horror and comedy. With, yes. I mean, it, it's, but it's fun, and it's good, and it's inventive. It uses the zombie apocalypse in some fun ways, kind of like a playground, I would say, which <laughs> is why what I was hoping that the game would do, a playground of the U.S., but no, they just dropped the ball. Yep, they really did. How about, is there any other games you want to discuss before we wrap this episode up and do some mm. plugs? Mm. Uh, I've been trying to think. Uh, you know what? It's not It's not scary. It's not very spooky. But the ukulele and the impossible lair. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I remember I, I playing ukulele, but uh, not the impossible lair. So ukulele was a uh, homage to Banjo-Kazooie. It was like a spiritual successor of that game. The 3D platforming genre from N64 and PS1. Yes. Uh, so Ukulele and the Impossible Lair is similarly an homage to a gaming genre, but it's the side-scrolling genre, specifically Donkey Kong Country. Oh, that's um, right. I remember when this came out, and I was not interested. Is it good? You were not interested. Were you not interested because you're like, ooh, this is a ukulele spinoff that looks like a side-scroller, or because you're not into Donkey Kong Country? Uh, I guess the first. Because if you like Donkey Kong Country, this is probably the best thing since Donkey Kong Country Tropical Island on Switch or wow, Wii U. Okay. Tech. Well, that's the thing is, is even though you may or may not have enjoyed ukulele and that's the collective view, people in, in general thought maybe, oh, the game plays a little lackluster. What everyone agreed on was the style was very, very reminiscent of, of Banjo-Kazooie. They did a good job paying homage to the genre they were trying to pay homage to. And Ukulele yeah. and the Impossible Lear does both of those things. Or it, it does the first thing, and it also gives you awesome gameplay. I don't know if it's just because 2D platformers are a little bit uh, easier for, for the Platonic, the developer of Ukulele, to make than 3D platformers, but the levels are great. Um, it's got a really cool structure because you have this overworld, right? You have to go to the different levels and rescue the bee at the end of each level. Okay. And to f- to find the new levels, you have to check out this overworld. That's a lot. It plays kind of like 
a baby version of Legend of Zelda. You have to do like little puzzles to open up doors and stuff, find keys. It's really, really cool. So there's a gameplay experience in your map already. Um, but the whole point of the game is that you just have to beat this really, really hard level. And every bee you rescue at the end of a normal level gives you an extra hit that you can take in this super hard final level. And that final level is open from the beginning of the game. So it's up to you, you know, whether or not you want to take your time and find every bee and get this ultimate shield or just try to do a speedrunner thing and make it through on one hit. Okay. Uh, it's it's impossible. But <laughs> the thing I like about the game is uh, it, it, I think maybe Kotaku said it first or IGN. I didn't say this first, but it does feel like a remake of a classic SNES game, but with like modern day graphics. I don't know if that's like the most apt description, but the point is that it's really good. If you like side-scrolling platformers, specifically Donkey Kong Country, I can't tell you how reminiscent. I mean, they have like the the rotating barrels and then the barrels that you shoot. There's no minecart level yet, but it's <laughs> very like you can roll like Donkey Kong can roll. And then you have the hair spin that um, uh, uh, Trixie Kong has in Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah. It's very much an homage to that game. And it's this one's $40. So if you're going to spend $40 anywhere ukulele in the impossible lair and that's xbox one ps4 and switch i believe Fair enough okay that's good to know yeah i just i think i'm more of a collectathon person than a side scrolling guy but i will definitely if that one's on sale i'll uh scout it out and they still have some of the elements of the original ukulele game that make it feel like the music is still very banjo kazooie-esque uh you, you have different characters you meet that ask you for collectibles and stuff like that um but it's it's not really well, like you said, it's not a collectathon like a Super Mario 64 or a Banjo Kazooie. It's very much a side scrolling platformer. Which, honestly, it's probably smart for them to try something different instead of just doing another collectathon and just like yeah. exhausting their audience, being like, oh, well, we were, it was already lukewarm on the first game. <laughs> I just know, I know a lot of people, I, I guess, maybe look at the side scrolling genre and view it as like yesteryear stuff. I don't know why. From first blush, I feel like a lot of people go, oh, side scrolling platformer, easy to make, whatever. But if you look back, like objectively, Celeste, eh, Hollow Knight, while not a side scrolling platformer, uh, games that are from a side scrolling perspective, while a lot of people, I think, kind of just not take them for granted, but they kind of pass it over, uh, are some of the best games, regardless of being out in the 80s, 90s, you know, or the noughties. Like, it, it's it's all good. So sure. don't don't pass up Ukulele in the Impossible Lair because it's like, oh, bright. Also, it's not a kid's game. It might You can play it with your kids, but it's very hard, which kind of betrays the very colorful nature of the visuals and stuff. But, oh boy. Yeah, that game's good. If you like Donkey Kong Country, just, just play it. Um, very it's cool. not a spooky game, but that's, yes. That's the last thing. The last thing I have to offer you. Awesome. That's fair enough. Well, then, yeah, let's wrap this Halloween month up with some plugs. Uh, let's hear from you. You have another podcast. Where can our listeners find you and it on the Internet? Uh, if you want to listen to me talk more and more and more, honestly, on my show, I don't just ramble. There's two other guest hosts, so they kind of, you know, even me out. I don't just ramble for hours on end. But that's Super Gamecast 64. Super Gamecast is one word. Well, super space G-A-M-E-C-A-S-T. Did I spell that right? 64. Yes. <laughs> and you can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or you can just go to my website, which I plugged earlier, Super Game Site. S-I-T-E-64.com and you can find the podcast there and all these reviews and opinions and movies and TVs. I do a bunch of stuff and so do other writers on the website. So that's Very all. Cool. You can find me there and uh, talk to me on Twitter at SGC64Matt. 
Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for joining us again for another Halloween episode. Uh, listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence. I'm Twitch streaming every Monday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hoping to wrap up Prey soon, so come hang out and Ooh. see if I'm getting scared or not. And- Prey is a good time. <laughs> Doug, Doug, before we go. Yeah. Can, what's, what's the scariest... What are you most afraid of, Doug? But don't say something like, not living up to my full potential. Like, what what scares you? I know this is a big question to drop at, like, the last minute. But, like, like werewolf? No. Vampire? Ghost? Most listeners know this about me, but it's spiders. And it's just, like, mm. especially, like, enormous ones. If it's, like, a goddamn shelobe or a goddamn, I don't know, uh, what's the one from Harry Potter? Yeah, Aragorg or yes, whatever. Yes, exactly, Aragorg. Okay, so so if if you guys want to donate to me like 50 bucks, I'll go to Doug's house and tie him down and make him watch <laughs> Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, oh, no, he's laughing, but I'm serious. PayPal me. No, no <laughs> listeners, uh, we're cutting this out. No, I'm kidding. It's Okay, I understand. I do want to shout out the guy who did the music for us because I did look it up. Uh, his name's John Beejan. Uh He's a great guy. Uh, yeah. Definitely check out his music and stuff. Uh, John Beejan. But thanks for listening. Uh, That'll do it for this episode. We'll be back next week. See you next time. Bye.